Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Matthew Rodriguez. And we are joined by our favorite guest. <gasps> Me? Yeah, Joe Reed. Joe I'm Reed. your teacher's pet, is that what we're saying? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, you, you're, you're an episode late. Except, except you're not going to bite my head off and I mean, keep me in a cage. <laughs> I'm, so I'm the mantis in this scenario? <laughs> well, if I'm the teacher's pet... Oh, I guess that's true. That's the role I've decided I, to play. I mean, I, yeah. I'm or not, am I the mantis because I'm the older one? <laughs> you're not... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to answer that question. Because <laughs> I made... I... <laughs> I didn't make fun. I made a joke in the last episode. I forget what it was. He was talking about when Buffy ended, like season seven. He was like, I was 19. I was was like, 19 or 20. No, and you had to have been 21 because you're seven years older than me. I was. And I was 14. 14, yo. But imagine how little I comprehended of Buffy when I first watched it. What was it? Season six, my god! I know, like I was watching season six as a thirteen year old. Thirteen year old watching Buffy get it up the butt. Like, good (laughs) lord! My word! Ah, god! Yeah, I mean, I I was saying because I said even watching it, like because I like you know we were actually in high school. Yeah, like I didn't quite get that it was a metaphor. Right. Like, right, I kind right. of always You were living like, the metaphor. <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of thought it was just like, oh, they're in high school, and yeah. also there are monsters. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was not yet in high school when the show ended. Yeah, fuck you. Watching season one, <laughs> season one, like, the metaphors are sort of thick in the air. As you're well, that's watching. what we, so that's what we were talking about with Witch and Teacher's Pet. It was, like, literally, like, we're going to make a metaphor out of, like, being hot for teacher. Yep. And, um... I get oh and in the and a metaphor about like the competitiveness of the cheerleading world yeah and like you feel like you need special powers to like stand out or yeah. whatever and the pack is like heavy heavy metaphor oh like ooh high school's clicky kids <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah watch out you might eat your principal <laughs> you know how it goes you know high school is a crazy time for yeah. all of us <laughs> but I guess we do uh, never kill a boy first right that comes first yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can do whatever we want. Uh, we're the masters of our own destiny. Unlike Buffy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, actually, she is, because yeah, she... Yeah, she makes some choices for herself in this one. Hey, she, thwart, she thwarts the prophecy in Prophecy Girl. She sure does. And then in the Spoiler alert. last season, she, you know, creates her own fucking... Yeah. Lineage of yeah. slayers. Yeah. yeah. Some empowering shit. Okay, so... Can we talk about... Sorry, can we talk about how every episode in season one is... <sighs> prefaced by that random guy oh. who's not Giles giving the Into Every Generation of Slayers board when you watch it on Netflix. It's like, not Giles? I it's remember. not. In season two, it's Giles. In season, yeah. two, it's okay, in season okay, one, okay, it's okay. just okay. random man. Right. Yeah. With It's like how in, before every episode of Lost, the guy who says previously on Lost is like just some like AB, guy at ABC who they yeah. like, we like the sound of your voice, say the previously on Lost thing. You know what the best, so it's on YouTube, the best previously on Buffy is the one that aired right before the gift. Yeah. Which they didn't do before Chosen. I, I was so mad. I was so Wait, the one before mad. the gift was the one that starts at the very beginning. Yeah, it's like them saying, it's like them saying like, hello, I'm Buffy, hi, I'm Cordelia, hi, I'm yeah. Willow. Like, and then it goes the like through the history of the whole show. That like yes. gives me the chills because it's so good. I, it was, and then it I remember right when I saw it, I was like, oh And then my. it cuts right to her running into the alley. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. It's like so good. And I remember being like, oh, what are they going to do before Chosen? Like, I remember like being like, ooh, they're going to do something Oh, and they didn't do cool anything. Like they just and like then, did a, pre- it was just like a recap of like. What happened that season? A recap of Touched. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I always call Touched the let's all have sex before we all die That's, That is what it was. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. 
Um, so back to so, <laughs> Never Kill a Boy on the back first Back to season day. one. Right. Um, Cute boy. Cute yeah. boy. Yeah, so we talked about, I mean, for uh, the first two episodes, who we would sleep with. We'd all, we'd all sleep with Owen. Okay, right? sure. Okay. Yeah. 1,000% sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cute was, and dumb and nice. Like Cute yeah. and dumb and, like, sensitive. Yeah. Well, here's the, the thing about Owen, I thought, in some of these scenes where, like, Cordelia's being, like, hardcore, no, no, not even shade, just, like, straight up mean to Buffy <laughs> during, while he's just sort of, like, right there, and he's reacting to it as if, like, they're speaking a language that he doesn't understand, where, like, Cordelia will go away and he'll just be like, so as I was saying, like, <laughs> and just, like, not even reacting to, like, right. wow, she was being really mean Like, he's you. never even like, Buffy, are you okay? The like, fact that, like, Cordelia just read you for filth. Like, boys just don't, like, apparently, like, that's, I feel like that's the message that is just sort of just like, you know what? Boys don't get involved in that kind of thing. Boys don't get shade. Boys don't understand it. They don't, like, I don't know. It's my dad when my mom and my aunt speak Spanish in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. He just sort of was just like, you know. Uh, what? Okay. Like, snaps to attention. You know what I really liked? Like, if we're talking about just overall thoughts of the episode, one of the things I really liked in terms of story was I felt that Never Kill a Boy on the First Date was the first story where it actually had a complicated plot structure. A little bit, right? Like, they were actually branching out with, like, A plots and B plots and C plots, and, like, they were and all... And with different... a little cliffhanger at the end, where, like, yeah. oh, the anointed one isn't the one we thought he was. Right. And they were I all doing they different I forgot they introduced things. him that early. The anointed one is so fucking... It's terrible dumb terrible i feel like even the show realized this at one point when like, i mean I, when he, spike yeah. kills the anointed one and yeah. he doesn't do anything i know he never like he has all these prophecies around him but he literally does nothing except walk the whole the thing about the anointed one is wouldn't it be weird if the kid was a villain instead <laughs> of the vampire i think like, it's like joss was like you know what i want to be able to use that that bible verse <laughs> so i just need to get a kid involved basically somehow yeah, yeah. And, like, I said this before, I think season one's, like, a little bit, like, oddly brutal with stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like they try to more... I mean, like, clearly Hush does this, too, but I feel like season one is, like, a little bit more brutal about their horror-y elements. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I feel like... I don't know, later on, they wouldn't have, like... I don't know, he's, like, walking on a bus, and these people are all scared, and then, like, everyone dies. Like, yes. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's yeah. very... Well, I'm really... First of all, we need to talk about this Make America Great Again vampire. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that one on the bus. Yeah. yeah, like, this MAGA guy who, like, becomes... Who, who they think is the anointed one. Right. Because that scene with him on a bus is, like... Yeah. We can all imagine there was someone on a bus who was just, We've like, all been there, guys. Bananas. We've all been on the subway. We all took the subway, right. Shouting Bible verses and, like, makes eye contact with you, like, ill-advisedly. And, and you're, you're like, just like, no, my book. I got yeah. my book. Yeah. You just, you don't have a book, you start, like... Yeah. Like exactly. Put your hands together and I get very intent on the screen of my, like, iPod or <laughs> I, The other day I was on the subway and, like, a gay guy tried to argue with the shouting Bible verse guy. And I'm like, why I've are you that, engaging? I've been on that subway, too, where, like, somebody's just, like, had it and it's just like, you're not I feel win. like I would have another, I would have, like, an Oscar-winning moment where I was like, don't be a hero. <laughs> like, I would just do it and be like, don't do it. It's not worth it. Baby, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> long, the long-suffering wife comes in <laughs> and, you know, tries to stop. Octavia, no. <laughs> I had there was a guy doing that and he was like all you homosexuals and you unwed mothers and there was a pregnant woman standing next to me and she pointed at me and pointed at her belly and was like he's talking about us and I was like yeah that's great oh man anyway so this guy yes so this guy yeah who they all thought was the anointed one which I mean watching it 
in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, it's obviously not this yeah. guy. Because they're like, they're they're making it too obvious, it's a little too easy to figure it out. But it almost I, feels like that would fit, like, because it's season one, it's like, yes. oh, this is really obvious, but, like, it's season one, so it Yeah, can there's be. a little bit of training wheel. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, right, is that so much, I mean, so much of the criticism of season one is, I, I think, that is that, like, Buffy doesn't, Buffy is feeling itself out, or whatever, and that, like, it's just a little unsure of itself. But yeah. one of the things that I think is actually really smart. Like, I remember, um, I was in, oh my God, I've been talking about fiction writing so much. (laughs) I was in a fiction writing class and, um, they were, my, one of my, my teachers was like, when you write your first novel, like try to write off of like a structure that you already recognize. Like her first novel was like based off of, um, a Greek drama. I forget which one it was. Let's just say it was Aristotle. Sure. I don't know. I mean, that's not a Greek drama even. I no, meant, that's... I meant Antigone. And sure. <laughs> I meant Aristotle. See, I'm so gone. Anyway. Um, so handsome. <laughs> I think that, I think that Joss, like, season one is like all about fucking prophecies and stuff like that. And like, he's really, it's, I don't know if, I don't want to, you can weigh in. Is he using them as a crutch or is it just like, you know, to get people used to this world, like, everything has to be a prophecy. Everything has to be in a codex. Everything has to come from, like, the master is going by the book. You know, he's this mob boss mentality. I wonder if it was him going by his original plan for the movie, though, because the movie is big on prophecy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing where, like, and, like, if you have a a plot where somebody is a chosen one, like, prophecy is already kind of baked into that idea anyway. So it probably lends itself to... And also, I think we've seen on, like, what we see with the rest of Buffy is the seasons are very heavily thematic and sort of hang together very closely. So this is a season about this girl whose destiny is not what everybody else's destiny is. Well, that's true. I mean, and we see her kind of wrestling with her destiny throughout the whole season. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this one was like, this is like, this is the episode about how it's weird to date if you right. are a slave. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, Giles, isn't that the episode where, I mean, I mean, this episode that we watch for this specific podcast is where Giles comes to her house. Right. I think for the first time. That's the first time I can think of it, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, like Giles actually comes to her, her place of residence. And then it's... Owen's there, so he's got a front and just be like, you'll pay a very heavy fine. Yeah, this one's like very like superhero alternate, like secret yeah. identity-ish. Yeah. To the point where, like, she vanquishes the vampire while, like, Owen is, like, momentarily dazed on the floor so he didn't (laughs) see it. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. One thing I liked about this episode was, uh, you would, it's the first time, and probably the last time, I feel like, that Buffy was able to, the show was able to allow Buffy to casually date in a way that worked. Because once she and Angel become a thing... All the, like, boys that she tries to, like, date in a very sort of, like, low-key, low-impact way, like Scott Hope and Parker and, like, all these things, like, they don't work because it's just, like, we don't care about these people because we've already, she's already had the big sort of, like, big romance thing, right? I just, I mean, isn't that real life where there's, like, you date and it doesn't work? At least for me. Well, that's what I mean. (laughs) That's what I mean is, like, the... This episode was about just sort of, like, a boyfriend who doesn't really go anywhere. Right. But I think the audience, once she got with Angel and then all thereafter, the audience stopped having patience with Buffy dating guys who wouldn't go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, there's definitely, like, between Angel and Riley, there's just Parker. Right. And between, and, and Scott is just a distraction while Angel's not corporeal. Right. And, uh... Does she date anyone between Riley and Spike? I mean, they try to set her up with older and far away guy. Yeah, but I don't think it... But that's... I think by that point, the show was just like... Our audience is gonna gonna like this anyway. They know what... So they barely... You know, they didn't even like Riley. And Riley was just, you know... 
I'm a Riley apologist. Are you? I am a Riley apologist. I found one in the wild. I am a too. Wild, a wild Whoa. Riley apologist. I have two wild Riley by Riley apologists. I, 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 who I don't hate Riley as much as people hate Riley. Although I will say, Into the Woods is one of my least favorite Buffy episodes. I wrote a whole piece we in defense in defense of Dawn Summers, uh-huh. and literally my editor was like, "I'll defend Dawn. You can defend Dawn, but if you write a piece in defense of Riley, I'm going to be really <laughs> mad at you." And I was like, "Actually, I was going to write that next." And she was, "You like, know what's so funny?" Not? So we. <laughs> As all of our, we were talking about like all the glut of content that came out for the 20th anniversary. Yeah. And I had like four possible assignments to write for Mike, my day job. Yeah. And I wrote the ranking of villains. Yes. And there's 23 good episodes. And one of the ones that was on my docket to write was a defense of Riley Finn. <laughs> but like, just like with the way time went, having to write long lists takes a long time. Yeah. I just didn't have the time to then write an op ed about right. defending Riley. Right. Um, like, the idea of Riley, I thought, was a great idea in that after Angel, you can't go more intense. Yes, that's right. So you have to go for more normal. And, of course, normal turned out to be a big government conspiracy. And I think <laughs> part of it was that I feel like season four didn't end the way it started. Because the initial idea was that Maggie Walsh was supposed to last a lot longer and yeah. be a lot more of a presence in the season. Which makes sense because Adam doesn't work without more of a mouthpiece. Was that like, like Riley Joss's idea might... or you mean just like what they like presented to the viewers? No, I think that was, because I, I think I had heard somewhere that like Lindsay Krauss like ditched the show oh, like, really? in the middle of the season. That makes like more that. sense. Right. It does make more yeah. sense. <laughs> and I feel like Riley... <laughs> Did Lindsay so did Lindsay Krauss play the zombie version of her with the tubes at the end, or was that just a random person they made up to look like dead Maggie? No, Bush? that was her. She, she I comes think back. that was her because it was her voice, right? Yeah. At some point, but it was like modified. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm gonna look that up right now. Sure. Transmogrified. Transmogrified. I feel like I've heard as a word. Yeah. Um, wow, we've really like diverted though, and now we're in the middle of season <laughs> four. Always. Four. Yeah. This always happens, but. I mean, anyway. But Owen, because Owen is sort of Riley-esque, at least. Owen like, is the blonde hair, yeah. the like 90s bangs, very the spiky 90s. He's very 90s, thing. but he's a nice boy. And you like... Yeah, he looks... And, it, and I feel like it shows a sign of, and I think Giles recognizes this at the, at the end of the episode, that it's a, it's a sign of maturity on Buffy's part, that she like voluntarily is just like ends it because she knows yeah. that... It won't be good for him to be yeah. like the boyfriend of the Slayer, even though sometimes she gets a little like self-sacrificing there, where she's well, just yeah. like, "No one can be with me. I'm the Slayer, and I'm unknowable." But like, that's that her like loner bullshit. That's how like yeah, what season seven is about. Yeah. Um, it was her playing Maggie Walsh. It in, was as okay. a zombie version. Um, just looked it up, and yeah, no, I think that that just adds to Buffy's loner like bullshit, like yeah. which like I do. Kind of get because you're the only, yes, you're literally yeah, yeah. the only one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they. I mean, they definitely like. We said this in the first one, like in the first podcast. They like immediately start playing that up yes. with Buffy right away. Yeah. So like, it's at least consistent. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think it's a pretty cute episode, though. Never kill a boy on the first day. It's yeah. sort of like low low stakes in terms of like monster stuff because it's like there's never any doubt that she's gonna like dispatch this. Particular but it, like monster. plot wise, it's still like yeah. And I sort of, and it's, I mean, we'll talk about it more in the pack about Xander and the sort of the toxic masculinity thing that we had <laughs> talked about in those first two episodes. But like watching Xander sort of quietly get his heart broken by Buffy in this first season, I find a lot more affecting than maybe a lot of other people do. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. I think they play it well. I think in big picture, it's easy to sort of like look at Xander and just be like, it's like classic nice guy, whatever. But like for high schoolers, like that's everything is life and death. You know what I mean in that way? And like, yeah, liking somebody who doesn't like you back is awful. I mean, it still sucks. Like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because Owen is also exactly Buffy's type, and it's actually weird that she says like she needs someone who's average because then she just turns around and goes for Angel, I was gonna say. and then after that she goes for Riley, Angel, Riley, and Spike. Spike. Like, like yeah. it's like so Owen is actually her type, Dracula, and she like, yeah. like she actually like I don't know. It's out of character for her to not go for Owen. Yeah, yeah. But he's not. But he doesn't have the will. He doesn't have the way to protect himself yes. the way that Angel, All these other guys Riley, do. yeah, yeah, and Spike do. Yeah, yeah. Like she, I feel like that. I say the same thing about Riley. Like I feel like she, he was the boyfriend she needed. Clearly, I would never say she should end up with Riley. Right. But I feel like he served his purpose. And like sometimes there are people that come into your life that like you know, for a reason, whatever, blah yeah. blah blah. And I feel like he served the purpose until he didn't, and then he needed to go. He end that ended so badly though is the thing with me that like it, it just it was so much a really it. bad ending. It was a terrible ending. It was. Oh, it made me so angry. What do you mean? Like, do you mean... I mean, you... Into the Woods as, a whole, as an episode. Like, the way... Into the like... Woods isn't the one where he leaves, though, yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah, it's when she chases down his helicopter. That is Xander, that the same episode And Xander the gives Queller her the whole Demon? lecture. The what? Is it Queller Demon? The no. Queller Demon is Into the Woods. Queller Demon isn't Into the Woods. No. Queller Demon I didn't is... correct you because I didn't want to be rude. Is... Wow. <laughs> is what? Listening to Fear? Or, or Shadow? Or one of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One has the snake, one has the Queller Demon. Shadow is the snake, so Queller is listening to Fear. Yeah. Into the Woods, I don't remember what the... If there's a... I don't know if there's even a monster. I think yeah. it's the vampires that are, that are in that, sucking like, his blood yeah. in that nest. And, like, Buffy goes and kills them. That's sort of the big action scene in that episode. Right, because doesn't Spike bring her? And that's, like... I think so. No, Spike brings her to see Riley getting, right, 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 right. getting sucked off. All right, we're getting off subject. So, <laughs> really <are>. anyway, <laughs> so... With the anointed one, uh, boo, boo, the the master kind of gets another minion because he's a sure. mafia, he's a mafia boss. And right, he, it's an under he's like an underboss. But it's yeah, they say you yeah. think he's gonna be like you think he's gonna you. Th- I actually thought like we were gonna have an episode where like Buffy fucking kicks the shit out of the anointed one. Like, like that they actually fun. Like they actually have a scene where she just kicks a child. That would be <laughs> honestly fantastic. <laughs> like I wanted to see him fight. There was this. There was a shot in this episode. I think it was this episode where the stunt double is so obvious. It's oh, the like, stunt double for Buffy. Yes, it's I like, love the stunt. She's double. like like super broad shouldered, <laughs> and like the wig is really bad. And those are my favorite. I want to do like a supercut of like very bad and obvious Buffy stunt double shots because there's especially early on before like. The Sarah Michelle Gellar sort of like had the fight choreography. To yeah, play. and I feel like at some point during the season there was some like degree of pride and like Sarah doing more of the. They're definitely. Scene. I feel like the two things that like are always like weird that like stand out that like I don't care, but like they stand out are the like weird when they have a stunt double that's like very clearly not them. Yeah. And then when they do the weird voiceovers that they do a lot. Oh, you know what? It wasn't even this episode I was watching. I was watching Earshot, and it was like. The, the juxtaposition when she's fighting the, the lunch lady, lady. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like very clearly not that woman yeah it's it's amazing <laughs> and that's when it's like not dark at all anymore and the show's it's like, like well lit and you can to very... take us really far afield do you watch the golden girls or yeah, yeah. Yes. I haven't watched it do you remember that 
Golden Girls episode where they're doing the the dance marathon. Yes. And like Rose like breaks out and like is I was all gonna of a sudden, tell like, you, a phenomenal dancer. I've only watched a few episodes on Hulu. That's one, That's of, one of them. Yes. And all of a sudden it's just like and the the fact that it's this like professional dancer with this giant wig where you can't see her face at any yeah. time is so funny to it's me. So funny. And that makes me think that I think of that a lot when I see some of these Buffy fights because it's just like it's that yeah, that obvious. So, um let's move past Owen. Never kill a boy on the first yeah. day. Okay. Let's talk about bullying. Let's talk about bullying. And cookiness. You guys don't like the pack and I like the pack. Tell me what you don't like. So you're a pack apologist. I'm That's a pack our new word. Like, yeah, every time true. you like something, we're just going to call it, even if you're, even if it's something everyone even if should it's like. it's totally nice. Like yeah, if yeah. you're like, oh, I love the gift. I'm an Or you're a gift apologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah totally. <laughs> exactly. I, so, I have, I said this in what we recorded before. I have a lot of feelings about this show and I love it so much that for me, like, and I said that my, my friend Sam is going through Buffy for the first time and we watched parts of season two together and we watched the dark age yeah. and I was like, Oh, like he was like, Oh, do you like this episode? And I was like, well, it's not an episode I go back and rewatch. And he said, that's about as harsh, harsh as you'll get talking about <laughs> Buffy. Right. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Like, I just love all of them so yeah. much that I'm like, even if this is an episode I don't like, I still enjoy it. Yeah. So that's why, like, when all the rankings came out for the 20th anniversary, I was like, I accept all of them. Yeah. Like, this is all okay, because I just love every... Like, even, like, in the Matthew's ranking, he has, like, <laughs> season four episodes as, like, in his list. And for yeah. me, I'm like, oh, well, I don't love them as much, but it's Buffy, so I love it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. I'm a season four apologist. <laughs> Listen, I think we all agree, right, that season four has, like, some of the best standalones. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. And it I think has a season, terrible arc. Season, yeah. has a great... season six is the same way. Some, like, yeah. fantastic standalones, but, like... Um, yeah. So, okay, so you wanted to hear our... Th- I keep yeah, getting yeah. off so, subject, here, I'm yeah. sorry. My problem with the pack... I have a lot of problems with the pack. First of okay. all, it was 1997. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first problem with the pack. No, it's it happened in 1997. WB and... There was a lot of, like, vaguely African music. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that is fair. That's super fair. The vaguely African music. Just, like, just like ominous drums. Like, tum, tum, tum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, okay, they, I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. this vaguely, like, I'm just surprised there wasn't, like, a, a, like, a black, like, person as the, like, villain. Well, having a black person on Buffy would be too far. Yeah, that'd be one. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the first black character, the black character they actually had that lasted the longest was Riley's friend. Right. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah Graham? Was... No, Graham was the white one. Oh, no, Graham sorry. Until Forrest. season seven, and then it was the principal. Forrest. And then the principal. Yes, Forrest was his name. Yeah, yeah right. and then there was Principal Wood. Yeah. Well, and Olivia, who we mentioned. Well, she's in two episodes. She's I said last the longest. She's in three. Is that only? Wow, she's in I three. remember her. Hush, freshman, Hush, and Restless. She's in the freshman. Yes, because they go and they see her. Right. And, okay, so she's in three episodes. Forrest was in, I think, nine. Yeah, he was in a lot. And then yeah. there was and there was Principal Wood who was just playing all the Forrest and Graham were almost there every time you saw Riley not with Buffy. Right. They just so, didn't always do anything. Yeah. Just like <laughs> and then well then Forrest Riley. became a demon. Which Graham right. did. Or oh right, because he Graham, comes, Graham comes back in season five to recruit. Yeah. So he's the one that doesn't die. Yeah. 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 Um so yeah, the pact. <laughs> yeah, anywho, vaguely racist. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Vader's, and I just I hate the villain. I hate that guy. I hate his stupid makeup. I hate his, that's definitely. I hate, I hate his uh, what's the word? His motive. I, I just, but to me, he's such an afterthought. Maybe that is a weakness of the episode. That's to true. me, why I love the pack is the scenes of 
when they become the hyenas and they go around the high school and they're bullying people, it's so well done and it's so legitimately like harrowing, like and true to life the way that bullying works. Like the one where they where they're like where Xander says that awful thing to Willow and she runs away and Buffy sort of comes up comes up to him and she's like, You're gonna say anything to me? And he just laughs at her and they all laugh and walk away. I'm like, that's just what shitty high school people are like. Like it was I thought very well done and I think it's some of the best work that Nicholas Brendan does in the entire series being okay. bad hyena Xander. He's so good and creepy and like awful. As Does it say something about me that like I was really attracted to him? I knew a thousand percent true and you're <laughs> yes. It does say something about you but it says something about me too because I like I when I was watching this I was like Xander's way hotter than usual this episode. It's because his character is not confident and then in the pack he acts confident. And yeah, yeah. But it's also just like oh I just want to like wipe that smile off his face. Like, yeah that dumb smile is really hot. It's really hot. The only the one thing I will say about this episode, watching it again that I hadn't remembered was the very end is this kind of like Giles gives Xander this kind of like boys will be boys thing about like how we'll keep a secret and then like Xander walks away with like his head in his hands. And but there was this sort of this idea of just like, yep, that's what boys can be like when they're like, you know, un unfettered and whatever. And it's just sort of like yeah, it sort of blurs that line a little bit to me, but I also feel like blurring that line makes the episode effective because, like, what does Xander do all of a sudden when he becomes, like, this kind of most extreme, like, hyena version of himself is he gets really, like, sexually inappropriate with Buffy and, like, cruel to Willow and just does all the terrible boy things. Those scenes are really heartbreaking. They are. Yeah, I love that, like, they chose to, like, become hyenas only in terms of, like, laughing and, like, that kind of animality. And it wasn't, like, oh, they, they don't like, do any. Yeah. They don't do any of the other things hyenas do. Well, like, they eat pigs and principles. That's true. Also, it always really bothers... Like, I know... Like, I understand why, but it has always bothered me that Xander doesn't eat the principal. Like... The you think o- it's a little too easy? Yeah, like, for me, that's a little too easy to that's let him That's a season six thing. In season six, Xander would have eaten that principal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wait, why would a season six Because it's so dark. Yeah. Because everything oh, in season six, six, six is dark. eating the principal. Because everything's terrible. And then he would have spent six episodes dealing with the guilt of it. <laughs> and, like, moping around. That is a great thing about when shit happens in season one. They're very well, like, well, that happened. Yeah, we'll never have Clean to talk slate. about it again. Yeah, let's it's go. Like, ooh, yeah. yesterday, ten of our classmates were murdered in front of us. Ooh, yeah. let's go to lunch. Like, <laughs> yeah. But so that always really bothered me that Xander didn't eat the principal. I know, like, I get why they did that, but it felt too easy and too convenient because it's like, why didn't he eat? Like, I, I know plot wise we see why, right. but like, it felt like he should have. I he feel like had repercussions. I will say my counter to that is the stuff that he does in that episode because it's done to Buffy and Willow is I think even more impactful than than had he been. Yeah, one of those. I think people would have forgotten if he had eaten the principal because it was more that he was being a menace to the two girls who the only two girls in the school who will talk to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like and the me, ones that we care about, right? But yeah. like there could have been like jokes like. You know how, like, right, like in... I like, didn't eat a principal. Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. gets the funny syphilis, like... Right. That could have, like, gets the funny syphilis and eats the funny principal. Like, yeah. that could have been just, like, a add-on to his poor, personality. Poor Principal Flutie. We barely knew I him. I know. Man. Although, I will say, his approach to that bullied kid at the zoo was terrible. And I'm not saying he deserved to die because of it. <laughs> what did he but say? But you don't demand that a bullied kid be the one to, like, tell you how he's being bullied. You saw him being bullied. Like, you don't go up to the bullied kid in the middle of all the other bullies and be like, tell me what they did to you. Like, that's not how it works. Dumb Principal Flutie. I don't know. I thought it was... 
I thought it was an effective episode in terms of hitting the metaphor. Like, they hit the metaphor square on the they head. Did, they did hit oh, the yeah. metaphor. They did. I have to say, Joe, you're selling me... Like, you're selling me on this episode more than the episode ever <laughs> sold me on the episode. <laughs> Cut me my check, Josh. Because, <laughs> like, you're right. It does, like... I don't know. And it is, like, kind of character ability. Like, these are the, the like, only girls in the school that'll talk to him. And, like... It does get you to the Willow is in love with Xander place, like, from yes. very quickly. Where, like, it had only really been, like, suggested. She's only sort of, like, looked at him sort of longingly. But now in this one, like, even Buffy is, like, man, like, yeah. totally upfront about it and, like, knows the score. And Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, so, do we think the principal, like, Principal Flutie worked, I guess, but, like, Principal, God, what the- Snyder. Snyder. Clearly works better just for the show. I wonder if the show, that was the show being like, "Mm, we're going to try something new. Or like, we have an idea. And they didn't think like they could get Flutie to be as sinister as Snyder was. So they thought they'd just like scrap it and do it. And I don't know how the show would have worked if the principal was like this kind of like dumb nice guy. Well, I mean, the underlying metaphor, as we keep saying, is that high school is hell. And like, I don't think... You can have that if you have, like, a nice principal. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, Principal Flutie is nice but ineffective. Yeah. yeah. But you need someone who's just villainous and terrible. Yeah, especially in Sunnydale. And I actually think, I mean, the other reason that... I would love, I would have loved it if they had a little bit of foresight and maybe brought in Principal Snyder as, like, a vice principal who was, like, Flutie's a dumbass. Like, I can't wait to get this guy out of whatever. Yeah, yeah. If they had a little bit of forethought about it, yeah. like, I would have liked that because... Really, when you think about it, like, Principal Snyder is the one who brings in the mayor. Because in season two, yeah, he talk. has that line where he's like, wait until the mayor hears about this. Yes. And they yeah. foreshadow about the mayor. Yeah. And he's very connected to how all mm-hmm. the shitty things happen in Sunnydale, yeah. you know, are. And Flutie could never be that guy. Right. So I would have loved to see, a, like, a few appearances by Vice Principal Snyder. Oh, that's a good point. Where he's just, like, trying to be Assistant Vice Principal Snyder, who's, like, yeah. one of those asshole vice principals who, like, thinks he's more important than he thinks he is. Yeah. And then the moment he gets power in the high school, he's like, now I'm going to run it this way. Yeah. I'll have you know, so I'm looking up to see, because I'm just remembering this, like, was Deep Space Nine still on the air when Principal Snyder came in? It might have been. Because that's, like, weird that he would be on two, like, pretty, like, big geeky shows at the same time. It, okay, Buffy was not a big show. No, but, like, right. well, okay. And, uh, and it was a mid-season And replacement. Deep Space Nine was syndicated, so there wouldn't have been any, like... Oh, yeah, he was. Network uh, conflict. Oh. To, like, working for two Because Deep Space Nine was on until 99. So he, for yeah. two years, he did two, like... And he was only shows. on the show for two years. Two and a half no, years. Oh, well, yeah, two and a half. Yeah, yeah, true. All of two and three, and then... Um, yeah. In, wait, yeah. and I had one other thing to say about him. What was it? <laughs> about Flutie? I was like, as we're looking up Quark from Deep Space Nine. Oh, oh in Veronica Mars, that's what they do. Also, what is Deep Space Nine? It's Star, Star Trek. Trek. It's oh. a, it's the Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> he play he plays the like Ferengi bartender. The aliens have like the butt heads and the big ears. Okay. That say like females, you know. Okay. No. Okay. okay. Well, that was a good impression though, right? That's that was pretty good. I didn't watch. I didn't really watch Deep Space Nine, but I was aware of it enough. And I've watched like a couple episodes of it. And I actually really kind Deep of Deep Space Nine was my favorite scene. of the Star Trek series. It seems like it would be mine as well. Also, it's really weird. Like I said this to my dad, and but my dad's such a big nerd. He was like, "Why is that weird?" It's really weird that, like, the action figures I loved the most as a kid were my Star Trek action figures. Yeah. Because, like, it's weird to think of, like, I don't know, like, 
like uh, like because you know they had like next generation figures it's weird to think of like 10 year old me being like really excited about beverly crusher yeah Yeah. like like i remember getting beverly crusher with her doctor's jacket and being like yes Uh, founder got it (laughs) like what do you do with those action figures have conversations about yeah. the Prime Directive. Like, like I'd have them yeah. have lots of like in-depth talks. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that yeah, was a very talky so show. Veronica Mars does that with the guy and I forgot this until I went through it like recently. The guy who's the principal, who's like the main actor that's the principal, isn't the principal till either it's the second season, yeah, because it's Will it's Alice, vice principal. It's Alice, Alice, is vice is the But then he principal. becomes the principal oh, right. in the beginning yeah. of season two. Yeah. And I forgot that in my head he was just always the principal. Right, yeah. Um because he he becomes the principal in the last episode with Alison Hannigan on Veronica Mars. Oh. Which is the only Connected episode tissue. where her and Charisma Carpenter interact. Right. I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> you would I like saw Veronica your eyes Mars. glaze over. Oh, I've seen the first season of Veronica Mars because I have it on DVD and then I never watched it. I have the DVDs. I can, I can lend them to you. I have nothing with which to play DVDs anymore. It is 2017. <gasps> Millennial. <laughs> Listen, the only reason I do is because my roommate has a PlayStation 3. Yell at Apple. If Apple had a drive I have to put two fucking... Blu-ray players in my house. They're small. They work. Okay, you screaming. <laughs> like, oh, I can't even... Can I get a I word? I can't in? even hear what you're saying if you're <laughs> that loud. screaming at me. Um, there's also an X-Files reference in this episode. Wait. Oh, you're trying to scully me. I can't believe you're trying to scully, scully me. me. Oh, oh, it's so good. It's like, good seeing Buffy... Wait, I don't even remember that. She says it to Giles when, when Giles is trying to have a rational explanation for what's happening. Oh. Yeah. And he's just saying that, like, he... Giles like, oh, is the one who's like... He's come you know down with a case of being a teenage boy. Right. Like, Giles <laughs> is like, oh, they're just all teenagers. That's why they must be eating pigs. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. And then... But Buff... So she says, you're trying to scully me. Oh, yeah. And, like, Buffy referencing scully is, like, two... Is, like, one half of female sci-fi Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Kind of true, yeah. Talking about each Wait, other. who is female sci-fi Mount Rushmore? Oh, it's... Well, Those Buffy two, and scully. Is it Six from Battlestar Galactica? Or Laura Roslin from Battlestar Galactica? Yes. Um, I never... I, this is where oh. I confess I've never watched Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. I know. This is so out of character for it, you. I know. It feels like it would be on brand for me because Honestly, I've watched all yeah. of Star Trek. I've if watched If you were Buffy, a character in like, a show oh and you said you didn't watch Battlestar Galactica, I'd be like, like, the writers don't know what they're yeah. fucking talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this character. Out of character. This makes no sense. <laughs> Do a revision. <laughs> Wait, so it's one of the two of them from Battlestar Galactica, but then who's the fourth? Hmm... And Princess it's TV, Leia? right? Well, TV, okay. wait, if it's TV, it can't be Princess Leia. Yeah. So maybe... It can, it can be more than TV. No, there's like no Deanna Troy? There's no... Deanna Troy, actually, Because, like, she's pretty... Honestly. She doesn't really actually do much in that show, but she's pretty, like, iconic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Let's say that. Yeah. Because okay. she... Her more so than Dr. Crusher, I think. Or do we do somebody from original Star Trek? Do we do Uhura from original Star Trek? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we're maybe my this is something in the 90s. that people actually, can tweet at you actually, about. Actually, Uhura is the answer. I feel like. yeah. All right, I'm thinking more 90s is where I'm going. But people like, should oh. tweet at you about yeah. their choices for who is female TV sci-fi Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, like in my head, I keep wanting to say Veronica Mars, but I know that she's not it's sci-fi. Not sci-fi. Yeah, like yeah. I always like think of it as like because it is like a deep yeah. cult show, but it's not sci-fi anyway. Right. It might as well be. They might I want it to be I want it to be Anna Torv from Fringe, but that's not the answer, <laughs> even though I you know, love her. I really I watched the first two seasons of that show, but it became really hard for me to find and I gave up yeah. on the, trying to find the episodes so they didn't have cable. Um it was on Hulu for a while there, I remember, because that's how Oh, I maybe Ca- Captain Catherine Janeway. Janeway is one is one too. I Although Voyager that. was never that popular. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I it's not like an X Files or a Buffy. I didn't right. like it that much to be 
Oh. Voyager's like, eh. It's there. Like, I watched it, but yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you a lot about the plot. If it, if it included movies, Ellen Ripley would be on it. Oh, well, oh yeah. yeah, for sure. That's movies, it's Ripley, it's Princess Leia, and some other people. Yeah. <laughs> and then some <laughs> other people? I don't know. <laughs> Zoe Saldana and Avatar? I don't know. Uh. I know, I don't like Avatar either. Oh, they're postponing the second movie. Oh, no. Oh, no, I want <laughs> to see Avatar 2 through 5. Like, you know what I was thinking about? Do you remember after Avatar came out and people were getting depression because they didn't live on Pandora? Yes. <laughs> that was like a thing that happened in human I like, history. That. I'm so... <laughs> I was flipping through the channels today and I came across that one uh, OJ documentary, not the one that won the Oscar, but the one that was about like all the things that were happening on TV that day and you're mm-hmm. like going through all the channels. Did you tweet about this? I didn't. I think um, I saw someone tweeting something about Somebody that. might because it was on TV today, and they oh, were right. showing the shot of, like, when OJ's driving back uh, off of the freeway chase and going back to his home, and people are, like, literally just, like, chasing it down and, like, going to the cameras and being like, woohoo, OJ, like that. <laughs> and I'm like, God, humanity is just the worst. And, like, that's what that makes me think of, that Avatar thing. It's just sort of like, God, like, people as a whole, like, the human race, is just terrible sometimes. The Earth is definitely doomed. Earth is definitely doomed. <laughs> yeah. That's a good button. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I think it is a button on the episode, I guess. Yeah. On this episode of the podcast. Let's, yeah. Um, are there any final thoughts we have about the pack? So, let's just wrap up. We are halfway through season one. What are some things that we know halfway through season one? Um, I feel like the the Master has not been that much of a presence yes. throughout the I, first I do half think of the season. This season, like, season five, they learned their lesson where, like, a lot of the seasons, you know... I mean, Buffy says this in season seven. I know everyone's not their favorite, but like, she's like, I'm done waiting. She does a lot of waiting. Mm -hmm. And like, it feels like season one is the only season where it like almost makes a little bit more sense because she's like so new. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, they all are just like sitting ducks, kind of like waiting for the master to make moves. It's all about prophecies. It's like, well, we can't do anything until it's this day that he's going to do this. This is the harvest. This is the this. Like, if I were any of them, I would have needed like a shit ton of Xanax every day, being like, is today the day when the master comes to my school and kills everyone? They, they really should have given Buffy like major anxiety <laughs> like, right? issues. Yeah. Just, like, but like, yeah, it's, no, it's really true. so. So far, we've learned that we've learned that. Um, I mean, I guess. So now we have the annoying for the back one. half of the season. Yeah, I, the, the 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 master's more there. We, I mean, the next episode that we're going to talk about is Angel, right? And, and that's like a episode, lot of stuff kicks off. In Angel, and then what's the episode like, right after Angel? I'm out. I I robot Eugene. Yeah, right. I actually I still really like. I'm still I'm so down to talk about the episode. I think it's, I actually think there's a lot in there. See, that's one of my least favorite ones, but I also haven't watched it again in years and years. And I years. I mean, it's an episode where they literally like break a guy's neck in the first five seconds, and I was like, oh, they went there. Um, and it's all about catfishing. And then it is about catfishing. An interesting thing. Here's a trivia piece for the rest of the season. Oh. What is the episode where Buffy actually meets the master for the first time? Oh God. I have no idea. Is it before Prophecy Girl? Is it? Is it Prophecy Girl? Is hold on. Let me. I'm gonna bring up a list. You have ten seconds. I'm gonna say the answer. Okay. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Ten, <laughs> nine. Wait, wait. He hasn't even gotten to Google yet. I am on my IMDb app. Seven, <laughs> okay, I'm looking at all the episodes. Wait, I'm gonna. Oh, the puppet show. No. No. Doesn't it's she meet him in her dream? Nightmares because he rises right. because she fears it. Wait, did you right. hear what I said? I said she meets him in her dream. It's in Nightmares where she meets him in a... Duh. Yeah. There we go. Right. Yeah, so... Right, right. So she's going to meet him in three episodes. Um, and I'm actually surprised because when you go back and watch it, she knows it's him even though she doesn't know what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's, we're going to get to the back half. It's going to get a lot more serious on the nose talking about the master and a lot more about her responsibility, a lot more about 
and also being like a vampire. Once she finds out that Angel's a vampire, that like, changes the entire changes series. A lot of right stuff. now, it's yeah. just like I can't imagine what it would have been like to like watch that for the first time. I know. I mean, you had to know that something was up with Angel because like he's so mysterious and like yeah. doesn't talk about like how he knows all these things and whatever. But like finding out he's a vampire is a big game changer. Also, like it totally like I feel like kicks the season in the butt. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just weird to think, like, yeah, that she didn't know? I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, there was a time before Angel was a vampire yeah. in Buffy yeah. mythology. Yeah. yeah. And we just plowed through it. Six whole episodes. <laughs> yeah. There's six hours of Buffy where you don't know that Buffy wants to date vampires. <laughs> yeah. And we dealt with it. And then the rest of the series. It's just the preference, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Oh, my God. That's a button if there were ever a button. Yeah. Um, all right, well... Thanks for having me on, you guys. Yeah. It was so great to have you on again. Um, so, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Um, and make sure to follow us all. I'm Matthew Rodriguez at on Twitter. M-A-T-H-E-W-R-O-D-R-A-G-U-E-Z. That's Ian. one T. I'm Ian X Carlos on Twitter at I-A-N-X-C-A-R-L-O-S. And... Uh, at Joe Reed, J-O-E-R-E-I-D. And thanks, and we'll see you next week. Bye.